Welcome to the World of Wisdom podcast. My name is Nils, and today I'm online, about to have a conversation with Jonathan Glaser. Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing great, Nils. And where are you? <laughs> well, I'm right now on a mountaintop, a tr- kind of a tropical mountaintop in Costa Rica. That's beautiful. And I'm in, a, I'm in a small garden shed in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, we're on different sides of this planet, but connected still. So I always, or I tend to start these conversations with the starting question, which is simply for people who don't know who you are, how would you like to describe yourself? Hmm, that's, that's a big question. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I was born in Israel. And uh, for the last 17 years, I live in Costa Rica. Uh, my passions, my main passions in life are uh, spiritual uh, inner work, psychology, neuroscience, uh, meditation, uh, and then uh, now entogenic plants, psychedelics. Uh, my day work, I'm a businessman. I own a company for the last 12 years. And I'm extremely passionate about music and sound. So I like to play many instruments and, and experiment with sound. And uh, yeah, that's a, I also love surfing. I love nature, nature walks, love running. And really enjoy many aspects of life. Uh, I'm less uh, uh, kind of uh, one, one thin person. So that's me. Beautiful. And well, it makes me curious, uh, based on, on what you're sharing here and your story, where, where on your journey would you say that you are right now? Like what is, what is, um, where is your energy going? How are you manifesting whatever it is that you do into the world? Great question. Well, so for the last 20 years or so, 21 years, I've been working on self-development and Yes, through a specific meditation practice and started with yoga style and then went to Tibetan style. And, and that's, that's been the, the main driving force in my life. Uh, everything I do today in my life is surrounding that inner practice. Went through many stages of difficult times, good times. And today uh, I have a sensation also through the main reason I'm here on the podcast, which is the, the Thank You Plant Medicine movement, that I'm, uh, there is a certain uh, sensation of flow uh, with uh, many, many aspects. If it's uh, you know, the com- my company, if it's uh, the movement, uh, my connection to myself, there is a sensation of uh, general comfort and, and optimism and excitement about life. And that's, that's where, I, where I feel I am today yeah beautiful and and so sort of mirroring that i think that that's my been my personal experience but once you've gone through um you know all of these aspects of life uh, the ups and downs and 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 having had a focus on connecting with yourself and doing the personal inner work for for many years i think that's where most of us sort of end up in a place where you know you have this sense of safety and stability and trust, even though everything is constantly changing and, and shifting around you. And I think that's also 
once again, this is my my personal experience and opinion, but I think that's when a human being can start to fully sort of be of service uh, to oneself and the world around us and 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 manifest what we're here to do as as gifts to the world. Like you're obviously doing, for instance, with the, the thank you plant medicine movement. So, well, maybe for people who are not familiar with, with this movement, would you care to share a bit about Thank you, Plant Medicine, how it came about, what it is, and, and what's happening? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to do so. Uh, and, and I'll share maybe also some background stories on how uh, my personal development through it happened. Please do. So, yeah. So, yeah. And you touched a very important point there of, of being of service, which is the key, key ingredient. So... My personal journey, as I've mentioned, was based on Tibetan meditation uh, style practice. And for many years, and I, I work one-on-one with, with the teacher and we have, you know, uh, this intimate relationship. However, I did not uh, had experience of working with large groups. I started teaching, so I, I, I taught one-on-one as well. And I was curious, you know, what, what are the options of, of growing the message and that we all experience many times within our inner journeys and to a wider audience. And I didn't see many examples that I liked. Uh, and then in a, in, a, in a circumstance where I was teaching a friend of mine meditation for half a year and he felt it didn't advance fast enough, we, I offered to him to go with him to uh, a plant medicine ceremony. And in that occasion, uh, I said, ah, okay, so there is a way to work on, on deeper spiritual experiences with a larger group of people. And it has a methodology, it has a, a structure, uh, it's safe, right? So kind of got the vision of what is possible to do with bigger groups, you know, 20, 30 people. After going through some other experiences with entogenic plants I, and, and my curiosity about uh, psychology, I, you know, I studied psychology. It's, it's something that I'm interested in. I said, okay, well, entogenic plants and psychedelics are definitely the future of mental health. They're the future of uh, allopathic medicine, in my view, of course. Uh, I see them as the future of uh, you know, if it's psychology, psychiatry, and they can be used and, and applied to many aspects of our life. If it's community build-up, if it's uh, engineering, architecture, you name it, uh, you can find a lot of benefits from working with entheogenic plants. And then I said to myself, okay, what do I do? How do I uh, find my space on it or in it? And there are, there are some programs available on academic level, but not many. Uh, through a conversation with a fellow uh, uh, clinical psychologist um, during a surf session, <laughs> he told me, hey, John, you know, all you need to do is just build a, a cart on the train that is moving fast and you build your own space on it. That's it. You know, and then, then you're moving together with the train. And I thought that's a great idea, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Uh, so I set, set my mind on going to a couple of conferences last year and get to see, meet the others, right? And, and see who is out there and what's going on. And that's how I got to the World Ayahuasca Conference. Uh, and I got there, when I got there, I actually invited a good friend of mine, Dave, Dave Griot, uh, who just started working with entogenic plants together with me. And he was very excited about it. So we, you know, two noobs 
uh, going to this, you know, big conference with lots of co amazing content organized by uh, uh, iSeries, which is an organization out of Spain that has dedicated the last 10 years to research and uh, kind of uh, facilitation of antigenic plants to the global community. And that was in Girona. And while in Girona, we had the best week of our life. We had this, you know, super sick flat in this old section of town and had these amazing conversations and met people from 46 countries or something like that. So it was just a, a celebration of spirituality, science, uh, art, you know, artistic expression and just great vibes all over the place. And at the end of that conference, uh, the final uh, stage of the conference where there was the talk about the future of the ayahuasca movement and, and what do we want to see in the world, Around about that time, an idea came to mind that was, the idea was, how do we destigmatize these amazing experiences? How do we destigmatize these traditions? Because in society, there are three main or core stigmas about psychedelics and entogenic plants. And it is that entogenic plants and psychedelics are addictive, are dangerous, and have no, no benefit, no use which you and I know that it's complete, uh, 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 completely false from our own experiences. So the idea was what would happen if we all come together on one day and flood social media with stories of growth, of healing, uh, personal stories on our own private pages. So, you know, you have a private page that your friends and family have access to. I have a private page. So we all have real estate online that is private to us and that people close to us are exposed to. And on those private pages, if a beautiful story comes out of, you know, how I worked on my depression or how I healed my relationship issues or how I solved uh, specific items in my business that I didn't know how to solve, but through some entogenic plant experience, I found a solution to. So when all these stories come up on our private pages, our friends and family will be exposed to it. And that will help us, first of all, come to terms with our experience. So integrate our experience within our immediate circle, but also help them understand us better uh, and get a better view to who we are as human beings. So that was the idea. And we, we asked the, the audience at the, last, the end of the conversation, the last conversation of the World Ayahuasca Conference, what do they think about it? So it was an experimentation and an experiment and people, you know, clapped and 50 people gave us their contacts, you know, people that have organizations, facilitators, uh, trip sitters from all over the world and stuff like that and said, it's a great idea. So that's, that's how the Thank You Plant Medicine movement uh, grew, uh, started. It was a gratitude and it is a gratitude-based movement to our experience uh, with entogenic plants and psychedelics uh, based on healing, growth, solution or uh, oriented approach to life and uh, coming together as a global community. The end result of it was that we could bring together people from 70 countries. So we have on our list people from 70 countries. Uh, we could bring around uh, about 110 organizations uh, together all to share the same message on February 20th. And that was what was unique about it. Uh, it that was a global approach to the problem of stigma of psychedelics and wow. antigenic plants. And 
Yeah. And for people who may not have seen this, <laughs> it's, it's it's a long it's a long story. Yeah, but it's an exciting <laughs> one. So so I want I want I want to hear more. Yeah. About it. So so February twentieth this year, right? February twentieth, twenty twenty. Exactly. That's when it. That's the first time this happened. And and how? What happened? How did it play out? What were, what were the reactions you were seeing? Um, and and are you doing this again every year on February twentieth? Yeah, yeah. So so we regard that day as the launch of the movement and uh, the time before as the production of it. So we we worked from end of June to February to produce the best possible event we could. Uh, and to answer your questions, yeah, the plan is to get it growing and growing and growing every year until antigenic plants and psychedelics are not only uh, cherished, respected in society, but actually integrated in our day-to-day life, just like you know, yoga and meditation now is everywhere, almost everywhere. So we want to see that uh, be the, the destiny also of antigenic plants and psychedelics because we, we, we feel it's going to benefit society on many, many different levels. Uh, of course, in a responsible, safe, uh, adult manner. And then when you launched this in February, what what happened? Like, what are the patterns you're seeing? I want to hear it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was very, very, very interesting. Uh, we, we started creating these tribal gatherings online and, and communicating with uh, all the organizations. So Beckley, MAPS, Chakruna, ISIS, the Cream Nature, uh, we, we had these big gatherings, you know, uh, the Cream Denver, um, Magic, which is an advertisement agency out of Colorado, Unlimited Sciences. So we created all these partners and partnerships as much as we could uh, today too. And about a month before, our, our volunteers around the world, and, and just like it's happening with World of Wisdom, said, hey, we want to create local events. So I said, of course, you know, let's do it. And, and we created, um, I think, maybe 30 local events around the world, you know, in Belgium, Berlin, Los Angeles, New York, London, Asheville, uh, Copenhagen, uh, India. So there's this physical spaces where people came and shared the stories. You know, they just came in into, you know, coffee shops and auditoriums and, there were musicians and there were artists and there were a lot of professional people that came in to hear and to listen and to share their own stories. And in Costa Rica, we flew in Atosa Sultani from Amazon Watch, Manari, the leader of the Sapara people from Ecuador, Joe Tafour, the writer of the Fellowship of the River, Belinda Riacho, who is a leader of the Zuni Dine tradition, which are called by you know, Western people Navajo. We had Paul Stamets, which is one of the you know world-renowned um, ecologists, uh, and he's, we had Pam Crisco, who is a, a leader and founder of the Canadian Psychedelic Societies, and we just created a super high vibe to our uh, two hour and a half panel and celebration online all over the world, and people start coming out with the stories, and what you found out is that. It's, it's, it's a little bit similar to the gay movement. When, when I come to terms with my experience and I communicate it to my friends and to my family, what people find out that in most cases, not all of them, most cases, people that love you really respect you for what you did for yourself. 
And so it just created a beautiful energy around the world. And we got thank you, thank you, thank yous from everyone. And, you know, it was like, okay, we're doing this, you know, we're we coming out, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to be open about it, and we're going to communicate about it. And that's, that's the feeling that happened. So it was a, a super exciting time for us. Beautiful. I think, I mean, it's such a sign of the times, like there's been this undercurrent for quite some time now of, of the psychedelic renaissance or whatever you you wish to to call it and it's it's interesting how it's 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 surfacing it's 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 breaking it's it's moving across this threshold into the mainstream and into the open conversation and it's, it's definitely not there all over the world yet the stigma is, is still very real but um movements like what you're doing and also the fact that you now see a lot of of content a lot of documentaries in mainstream media like netflix has is playing I, I would say a fairly important role here in actually putting out uh, balanced content around uh, entheogens. It's it's it really looks like this unstoppable force. Like this is the shift most likely when it will be accepted. Like it wasn't in the '60s and '70s, and, and it so far what I'm seeing from organizations like yourselves, like Maps, like all of these organizations, is the, a very very respectful way of dealing with what it is and a very respectful way of introducing it to the world again. Um, and it's interesting how it is happening at the same time that we're facing these uh, global challenges uh, that are on a level that at least people in our lifetime probably have have not experienced before uh, with the climate situation, with all of these conflicts and all of the political confusion uh, that is happening and, and how the internet is both being used to really improve and develop the world, but at the same time, it is, it is creating a lot of challenges for a lot of people around the world. So looking back, I'm, I'm confident that, thank you, plant medicine will be one of these things, one of these sign of the times that will be instrumental for for the next phase this new era that humanity is is currently entering so i guess just like a big thank you for, for doing this and so from this you started in well you started prior to that but it, it 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 sort of broke loose and into the world in february what has been happening since where do you think this movement at not just in in your shape and form but this entire movement uh, around the world is is headed. What, what what are you seeing, so to speak? Well, I, I you know I kind of see us coming out of the woodwork. Like there's a lot of organizations that've been uh, above the woodwork and above ground and very active, but there is a way bigger chunk of the movement uh, still being underground, and that's fine. It's like the conscience and unconscious, right? Uh, However, I, I see a time now that is kind of merging together and people are uh, noticing that is it, not only it's, uh, it's time to go above ground and start being active in the world, but it's essential for our survival. Uh, and if you look at the Amazon and, and what's happening there and you look at the Brazilian tribe specifically and their 
kind of trying to fight off uh, the forces of capitalism that are burning their forests to get some cattle pasture and, you know, oil drilling projects in Ecuador and stuff like that. It's time to come out and take a stand, uh, of course, peacefully. And, and there, is, there is a certain power in unity. So I, I, from, my, from my understanding, you have experience with uh, inner work. Uh, so one of the main, main aspects of inner work is this uh, greater coherence in the mind, whereas the different parts of the mind are now talking to each other a little bit more fluently. So if you look at the world as, as a sort of a n- nervous system or mycelium network, however you wish to refer to it, uh, there is a benefit in that mycelium network talking to each other uh, and the different parts coordinating their actions and activities uh, in order to create greater uh, coherency in the system. So if you look at the movement as a system and then you see the parts coming out and talking to each other and coordinating actions and coordinating messages and, and, and creating collaborations, that's where I see it uh, going to. And that's what I'm, you know, this is what makes it so wonderful because the, the global movement of psychedelics and theogenic plants is filled with, you know, the best people you'll meet out there in terms of ethics, in terms of uh, brain power, creativity, uh, orientation to, to preserve nature and, and to be kind to each other. So on a social level, on a, on a conservation level, uh, you have amazing people. And it's time for us to, to come together and, 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 and collaborate with each other. Uh, and that's actually how we, we met, because uh, we were talking about the collaboration between World of Wisdom and, and Thank You Plant Medicine and how we can create high vibes together. And, and I have a question for you, Niels. I, I, I wonder if you, you'd be willing to share the, your story on how you came with uh, World of Wisdom. Uh, I don't know if you shared it before, probably shared it before, but I'm curious to hear about it. I'd, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to, especially. Like what, what, was it, what was your thank you plant medicine process? Yeah, well, it, it definitely is a thank you plant medicine uh, process that dates back. Well, it dates back. My, my, the process that has led me to where I'm at right now, both personally and then with this project started six years ago uh, when I also had my first plant medicine um, experiences and that that really helped me well open up I would say open up to what the world has to offer open up myself to uh, new thought patterns new new ideas and a, just a much more vast emotional spectrum so I've been doing a lot of inner work uh, during these past six years using a lot of different types of plant medicine, but also other, you know, psycho-activating technologies or whatever you want to call them, breathwork, meditation, yoga, a lot of coaching techniques and conversations and, and you know, all of it. <laughs> Not all of it, but quite a bit, <laughs> quite a lot of things. Um, I still have some, <laughs> some things uh, left to explore, though. That, that's always the case. But so I've been guided uh, through this process. And then uh, a year ago in, I think it was May, I found myself on my second ayahuasca journey. Uh, it was in Brazil with uh, this Brazilian shaman, Hurayanda, that has also been featured on on this podcast previously. And this was my second journey. My first journey, I set the intention and, and working with plant medicine intention, uh, at least with certain 
medicines, at least, and in my experience, are very, very important. So the first time I worked with ayahuasca, my intention was was death, because I've been I've been dealing with my own relationship with death. <laughs> wow. For well, that started around the same time. Yeah. So for at least five years, uh, death has been constantly present in every moment more or less of my life uh for some reason i had to really go fully into what it is what's my relationship to it how can i find a way to accept it and not only accept it but actually love it and and um, that has been a very challenging journey and my first ayahuasca journey is a fear or uh... it's a fear uh it, it has been a fear and but not just like a fear of this is something I want to avoid or, or, you know, it's just scary. But also, I think what happened was that I, I was simply at a point in my life where I had figured a lot of things out about life in general and myself and, and, and how the system of society works and all these things. And I guess my, my subconscious just basically said, well, I think it's time to deal with, with this big thing called death. <laughs> um, so I, I, don't feel that I chose this at all. And it was very, very painful to have to deal with it constantly. Uh, first, the death of myself, but then also the death of my wife, my son, uh, and having to have that constantly present. It's still constantly present, but I'm, I've befriended it now. Um, so my first ayahuasca experience took me uh, fully into that. It, it forced me to, to face it uh, you know, head on, and I could not escape it. So I had to, I had to basically die. I had to admit to myself that this is what it is, and it it is perfect the way it is. And it, it's still the most challenging experience I've had in my life because I felt as if I was in hell for the first half of this journey. Wow! Um, and yeah. I could not, yeah, I could not escape it. It's very, very dark and and full on. And I was trying to rid myself. Of my, my experience was that I had some kind of monster inside me that I was trying to get out. And in hindsight, I realized I was trying to fight myself. I was trying to like, you know, rip a part of me out and say, this is not me, <laughs> which is impossible. That's why it became such a hellish experience. And then the second half of it, I just gave up. Uh, and I, 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 I should not take pride in in me like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm brave enough to give up. It was basically just exhaustion. I was too exhausted by this constant fight that I gave up and surrendered. And then I died and I kept dying a couple of times uh, as myself, as my grandfather. So I went through this, this death loop, this death uh, transformation a couple of times. And then uh, the medicine just uh, showed me. Was it, was it visual? And, uh... Yes, it was very, very visual. All of it was very visual, both okay. the, the fighting of the monster. It was just monsters everywhere. And then uh, wow. dying, which visually was as if I just floated into kind of a dream version of outer space. It was just very, very empty, but with with like uh, various shapes floating by, almost like a, I, I had the sense of like a lullaby kind of land where everything is just kind of tingling and slow and there was nothing there mm -hmm. but it was very very safe and then the medicine showed me that the pattern of, of well the name i got for it was transformation loop so 
what happens is that this is all that's going on, basically. It's just various transformation loops. Being born is one of those and dying is one of those. And then everything in between, we're constantly moving through these loops where we, we're at a level and then we're start, we start sensing something coming, like a shift is coming. And first that is scary and there is pain and we don't want to do it and we try to avoid it. And then eventually we surrender into it. And then once mm-hmm. we're past a certain threshold, this is all we want to do. We just want to go fully into this transformation. It's actually perfectly described by the hero's journey, which is this model that all of the the stories that we love is built upon, like Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, they all follow the same pattern, which actually describes life's life perfectly, which is why we love these books. Um, and the medicine showed me that everything is this. So I was born, mm-hmm. also very profound, I was born as as my son. And this was two months before we found out we were pregnant. So I was born as our son. My wife was my mother. And I once we got pregnant, I just knew it was a boy. We never checked it. I'm like, I know it is because I've been born wow. as this little guy already. <laughs> um, and, and then I went through all of these transformation loops of like, first not wanting to be born, being in the womb and like, I don't want to come out. I'm it's safe here. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. Wow. And then at a point it's like, yes, yes, I just want to get out of here. Just, oh, get, get me out. And then... As a toddler, like moving from mother's milk to water was the same thing. Getting rid of a pacifier was the same thing. And then just, I kept going through all of these loops throughout an entire lifetime. And then I died. Uh, And I kept dying. Like, I think the medicine just showed me that whenever and however we die, it's always a choice. So I first died as my grandfather, uh, who had passed four years earlier. Uh, and I knew he wanted to die uh, when he when he passed, and I had the experience of being him and and dying and finally getting to die. And then I died as myself at a similar age, so very old version of me. And then I died at as myself at the age I was uh, when I was doing this uh, journey um, in some sort of accident. I think it was like a car or bicycle accident. And, you know, randomly, I just got hit by something and I died. And the experience was the same in all of these situations. It was, I didn't want to die initially. And then I passed a threshold and I realized I don't, I don't want to use this body anymore. It's done. I'm done with this. And all I want to do now is move to the next phase, just as if I'm stopping with using a pacifier or or moving from milk to water. And then I found, after that, I found myself in best described as nirvana a place where absolutely no fear existed and i was in that space more or less for two days afterwards i couldn't find fear anywhere in my body and then it started slowly coming back and then you know fast forward a year and a half my second journey my intention was then well death i've 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 um, accepted it i've befriended it there's no fear left there's actually just love uh, between me and death now even though there's a lot of sadness in there, which is an, a, a very pure expression of love. And then my intention instead was, well, what am I supposed to do here until I die? What's my path? What's, what's my purpose? And then I got handed that in an equally clear way. So it came as, as a sentence. Uh, it came as a project, uh, which was the World of Wisdom Project. So that came as a, a very detailed download 
to the extent that I actually sat up in the middle of the journey, grabbed my computer and just like wrote everything down as a keynote presentation. So I think it was like 10 slides wow. <laughs> and then showed it to Huda. This shaman's like, here it is. This is what we're doing. <laughs> So you can't really argue with that. Like, yeah. and a, even to the extent that I got a list from, you know, Mother Ayashka of people. So I got a wow. list of like seven individuals that I was supposed to speak to when I got back to Sweden. Wow. Uh, and I, I even stopped. I even stopped her after seven. I'm like, okay, I can't keep track of all these people. So seven is enough. Let's start with that. And went home to Sweden, spoke to those seven individuals, and, and it has been emerging from there. Wow! Wow! There's, it's, I'm, I'm amazed. You know how how uh, fresh the experience that happened uh, to you is in your mind, uh, as well as how synchronicity, like the synchronicity in it, and and all the connections. And and it's pretty similar. You know, when Dave said, "Hey, John, do you think I should go uh, to the mic and tell everybody uh, about my idea that I came up with half a, half an hour ago?" I says, Dave, go, go, go. It's a great idea, you know? And it's like, I, that yes. moment is so, it's so uh, crucial, no? Uh, that it's so clear, you know? It's so obvious. <laughs> so that's one thing. And another comment about what you, what you shared is, yeah. it's amazing to see how death becomes actually enjoyable <laughs> in a certain moment in time, yeah. you know? The, the thought about it, no? Like <laughs> That's really what it is. That's actually my experience. So, there's a part of me that loves this version of the consciousness that I'm a, I am like this experience I'm having as being Nils and I have my amazing wife and a son and everything's just like such a beautiful experience. And, and I, I want to cling to it in a sense. Uh, but I only want to cling to it because I know there is sadness at the end of it, which is just like a total release of love. That's my sense of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also so much curiosity around what's awaiting on the next page of this story beyond not just like next week in this life, but also beyond death, like what's actually awaiting and what are the infinite number of, of uh, forms that this consciousness will or is taking and, and to just explore that. So yeah. I, I found myself being, you know, I know I will welcome it when it happens with a great deal of love and sadness and gratefulness, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dear friend these days. Great. That's, that's a great story. And it re reminds me how we, you know, we, we die on a daily basis when we go to sleep. Yeah. And everything is, you know, this podcast was actually, it, it was called the dying podcast for a long time. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because it's constantly dying. Everything is constantly dying. Everything is a death process, but also a birth process at, at the very yeah. same time. And everything, and I mean, the crucial part there is that everything is process. So your life, my life, uh, thank you, plant medicine, well, the wisdom is process. So it's, it's the idea of results is just, uh, it's, it's, it's fiction. Uh, there are no such thing as results. It's just part of this never ending process and then what at least for me that has led me to is just to realize that well then it's all about the process it means all i should do is just honor this process and and like what is happening right now and just be aware of it and 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 what that allows us to do is is to get very very curious exactly and i think that's when synchronicity becomes apparent to a human being when you get so curious about 
what is currently happening and what will happen next. Like, so I connected with you yeah. a little while back and was like, why are we getting connected? This will emerge and let's, let's explore that story together. And then it's, then you start seeing the synchronicity. Then it's like, oh, and now this happened, that happened. This makes perfect sense. Okay. And, and, you know, it, it's this puzzle laying itself, which is, it's a very beautiful yeah, I, I experience. Yeah, I, I loved I loved the the word that we used before we started the podcast, experimental. And, and then you say, okay, I'll, I'll try this, see what happens, and then I go here and, and move here and see what happens. So you become like a kid again, exploring your environment. You know, if it's virtual environment, we are all very active on the virtual environment, but also in the physical environment. And and then it becomes well, this didn't work. But that worked, so maybe I should go there. And you start opening doors and moving through different rooms in the house, and suddenly the house becomes bigger. So I, I love that uh, metaphor of curiosity. Yeah, that's a beautiful analogy that you that you just shared. And I think what it also allows us to do is be less judgmental about what is happening. Uh, so things sort of the concept of good and bad start fading after you've been in this sort of curiosity-driven space for a while, because everything is both good and bad. So it, it doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah, this is just the next step of this story that I'm experiencing. And the story is exactly what it is. And, and therefore, it's perfect in the way it's supposed to be. So I can't really label anything within that experience as either good or or bad. It's just what it is. And and this right. is what I'm here to explore. And this is right. the exploration and the experience of the exploration is, is all we're doing. And to, and to your point, it allows us to be kids again, which is if you look at the universe and this consciousness as a whole, it's just a kid exploring itself. <laughs> That's what we are. For sure. For sure. And it's interesting because of the research coming out of the Imperial College now that's saying that, you know, psychedelic states, entheogenic plants kind of put our brain in a more uh, malleable state for, for a short while, uh, which is a little bit more open, less rigid, maybe less, less focused on one thing, but more open to possibilities, uh, which is uh, they related to a childlike state. And, and, and hence, as well as uh, the, the things that happen in that space where, you know, you can learn a language faster, there is neurogenesis. Uh, is accelerated. Uh, a lot of things happen in a childlike space, no? Yeah. Uh, you can you can learn music faster. You see people picking up instruments within no time. Uh, what would otherwise take them years? So new capabilities, new idea. It's pretty interesting. I, I love um, what that brings up for me. Is also, I mean, the wisdom of a child compared to that of an adult is if you choose to just look at it that way is is much greater because of what you just shared in terms of how a child can can learn more things but a child is truly explorative without judgment it's it's just in the experience it is exploring and the child that that you were and that that I once was mm -hmm. was wise enough to create who we are now i mean it's the exploration of that child that has led us to where we are right now and it's it's just such a almost like infinite wisdom in that behavior so i think we're constantly reminded to reconnect with that uh, and and if you look at what adults are doing we're actually doing exactly the same thing we're only exploring and experiencing there's nothing else going on really <laughs> 
we can we can dress it in any words we want like well you know i'm i'm working or i'm i'm uh, surfing the internet or i'm at a party or i'm swimming in a pool or whatever it is it's actually just exploration and experience uh, and nothing else and that's that's what the all of humanity is doing like in this situation we have with the challenges at hand we are exploring we're experiencing these challenges we're exploring what what do we do next yeah like yeah. we're in this society now which has come so far in its technological development but also with that created these new challenges and what we're doing right now is to explore okay what what's next how do we what do we make of these challenges and then by doing that something new will emerge and and once again connected to to plant medicine it seems very much as if plant medicine is playing and will play uh, an instrumental part in the emergence of the next version of society that is is happening right now yeah it's uh, it's definitely definitely has the potential to do so i a thought that came to mind as we were talking is that there is you know when you when you take uh, when you ingest an entogenic or a psychedelic, there is the process of onset, you know, the process of, you know, I'm in this reality and this, this certain conscience that I have, and then I'm going to this altered state of conscience. You have it also in different practices of meditation and other uh, indigenous practices. And, and, in, and in that process of onset, uh, there is a shift in the, how the brain works in the brain waves that are uh, taking, taking over, which parts of the brain are talking to which parts. And it's kind of uncomfortable, you know, it's like, where am I? It's kind of eerie. I'm not here. I'm not there. And many times the experience, people get stuck on this onset. Let's say, you know, they go to ceremonies or they go to an event and go to a trip sitting event or whatever it is. And they get, they get kind of stuck there and they get stuck. They can get stuck there for quite a while. And that makes for a bad experience. However, if you, when you become more experienced, you can, sh- you know, transition through this onset period. It can take half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. And, and you can go into the altered state of consciousness and then really benefit from it and enjoy it. And it feels like humanity is in this kind of constant onset in the last, you know, whatever amount of years where we, we can go to coherence, we can go to collaboration, cooperation, peace on earth, but we kind of stuck there, you know, and, and I am wondering, when, when are we going to release that stuckness, you know, and understand that we are, you know, responsible for each other. We are sharing the same space. We are flying on a spaceship at, uh, you know, velocities we cannot even imagine. We are part of a galaxy that has 200 billion stars and a trillion planets just in our galaxies. And we think there are 200 billion other galaxies out there that are way bigger than ours. And, and just come to terms with our real reality. And so I wonder when, the, when we are going to release that stuckness on the level of the onset. Yeah. And, and I do think that psychedelics and theogenics and other yeah, inner practices have a, play, a role to play in it. Yeah, and I, and I love that uh, analogy as well. And also, I mean, you could say that it is as if humanity has ingested an, uh, an anthogen or plant medicine, but literally, that's also what's happening. Like, at a, so many people have been doing that and are doing that. So, I think we're getting close to some kind of tipping point where humanity has actually done that <laughs> uh, on sort of a, a global scale. And yeah. I think we can both speak to the experience, just like you're describing the onset is that, well, once you've ingested this and the onset begins, 
you can try to escape from it and it becomes this very frictional experience, right? But you can't escape it. <laughs> like once you, it's, it's like the matrix. Once you've taken the pill, you've taken the pill. And I, and I, I think humanity has, we have, we have ingested this. This is happening. And we, which means we will move past the onset. We will move into this next layer, this, you know, next vibration or frequency of, of global consciousness that is, uh, apparently manifesting itself. It's, it's, it's happening, it's shifting, it's happening all over the world. And whether we like it or not, it's happening. <laughs> Just as, you know, in the same way as the plant medicine journey is happening <laughs> once you're in it. Yeah, and, you know, on a personal level, I, when I think about it, I don't describe myself as an optimistic and uh, that, you know, I, I do consider the option of the Death Star and com- consider the option of some energies taking over that are kind of painful and can contribute to great, greater suffering. So I, I, you know, I, in, I, I'm not attached to a very positive outcome uh, in that sense. I, I, I think it can go both ways and it has been going both ways on local level in countries all over the world. Whereas uh, some places people are, are really suffering. You know, some places people have no food, kids are malnutrition, there is lack of education, there is systems of control that are very painful and very, uh, very tough. Uh, And some places not. So it can go both ways. And I'd like to think that, you know, uh, I want to be part of, you know, the the harmony. I want to be part of assistance, of service, etc. But, uh, you know, I, I believe it can go both ways and you, and you see it all over nature, you know, we can, we can go up or we can go down, you know, and it's two yeah. options. Uh, and, and to build on that, I would say that it, it is constantly going both ways. Like if we look at the development of our, our society, exactly, we can look back and we can say, well, we've sort of been in a way leveling up uh, because society has been developing, which you can never stop this constant development, this constant evolution of society where, you know, it, it shifts, it changes. And we experience that as society getting more advanced or all of a sudden we can do more things. We get more resources. We get, you know, all of these things. So in many ways we can say society is getting better through these upgrades, but what it really is, it's just like, it keeps transforming. And then no matter on what, what sort of level we are, we always have these two sides. We always have the duality. Like some things are, are bad and some things we perceive as good. And, and that has always and will always be the case. There will never be a moment in time when, when we don't have that sort of polarity or, or dualism because it's actually the foundation of the entire experience of, of life and existence is that we need the polarity to experience anything or else we couldn't be able to, to compare things or, or there's, there's no distinction so but yeah but knowing that we go through once again these transformation loops and we're in this huge uh, humanitarian transformation loop right now where both of these sort of sides to the coin are are intensifying like the the, the challenges the pain uh, of humanity is intensifying and at the same time sort of if you would like to call it the light or the 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 uh, the uplifting in consciousness or the love is also intensifying at the same time because they need to sort of balance each other out in a cosmic kind of sense. So we're just in the process. And then that to me is like, 
positivism or negativism, both sides will always be there because they're also a, sort of a pre- prerequisite for for existence. So, so uh, yeah, it's like, you're right. <laughs> it won't be all good and it won't be all bad. It will just, it will just keep being. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. So um, since we're coming up on, um, on the hour here soon, if people feel curious, <laughs> as people tend to do, uh, but if you, people feel curious specifically around you, uh, thank you, plant medicine movement, or the the work you're you're doing. Both, where can they find you? Where can they connect with this? But also, what can they sort of expect moving forward? What what are some next steps for the plant medicine movement? Okay, great. So, uh, in virtual virtual space, uh, the space we use for our telepathy, yeah. humanity found a new new way. Well, found telepathy through the web space. We are on Facebook at Thank You Plant Medicine page. We have a community, a growing community of now 12,300 people, and it's growing by day. It's called Thank You Plant Medicine Community. Uh, join, join the discussions uh, on Instagram, thank you, hashtag Thank You Plant Medicine. Online, uh, thankyouplantmedicine.com. Uh, and, and just join the conversation. We are action-oriented so very grateful for any collaboration, offers to collaborate and work on, on projects that benefit humanity, benefit the world, create an impact. If it's, uh, you know, if, if you're building something, if you are uh, working on some project that you're excited about and you want to tap into a huge pool of resources, uh, join us, come talk to us, send us a message, send, send an email, be part of the conversation. And we can we can change the world together. That's the approach we have. The the future is for us is keep on growing that high vibes of beautiful messages and projects that uh, relate to bettering the world. So we really care about uh, protecting indigenous cause, conservation, education related to educating people about entogenic plants and psychedelics, collaborating with research projects. Anybody's you know writing a book and needs help. It's a- any project from small to big that you want to you wanna work on, we are going to be supporting. Uh, on our side, we have, uh, I think, about 900 people in our volunteer pool. And what we do, we create ad hoc and also long-term projects. The ad hoc projects we're working on is, you know, launching off fantastic fungi movie and helping them out, uh, working on different festivals, music festivals, if uh, somebody needs with you know help with fundraising for Shipibo tribes in Peru or in Ecuador. We we support that. So we do ad hoc efforts, but also long term projects. Our long term projects are focused on education. They're focused on creating spaces for people to come together. So sharing circles where people can talk about and and, and get to know each other from their their psychedelic experiences and entheogenic experiences. So we're really active on many fronts. Uh, there is a group working on a documentary. Uh, we are looking to create gatherings in physical space when COVID is, is over and a sky open. And we're just looking to grow uh, the community and grow the collaborations between the many, many global organizations that are working on bettering the movement and bettering the world. Beautiful. Uh, so that's where we are at right now. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for, for all the important and amazing work that you're doing and also Obviously, thank you for being part of of this podcast and having this conversation with me. 
for you guys listening, well, you've just heard how you can connect with the Thank You Plant Medicine movement and learn more about this whole shift that is happening very rapidly now uh, in our global society. Uh, and as always, feel free to reach out to me uh, with any questions, uh, thoughts, ideas, feedback, etc. Uh, that said, I wish you a lovely day and uh, potentially you'll hear me again next week. Take care, guys.